It's the JT The Brick Show. They get the snap off. Hand off Jacobs. Has the first down of the goal. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Raiders. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders bring a blitz. He is smothered and brought down. Max Crosby came around for the sack. Your silver and black home to sound off for over 20 years. Snap to car in the shotgun. Back to pass. Climbs the pocket. Eyes downfield. Fires a strike to Devontae at the 25. Breaks away 20. 15, 10, 5. Dives. Touchdown Raiders. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome in, everybody. The aftermath, as we do it every Monday here on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio, live on the Raiders mobile app. All over the country, we appreciate everybody listening and hope you had a great New Year's. Happy New Year. I hope your New Year was fantastic. If you were able to get into town, out of town, drove, flew, hopefully all that chaos of the last week calmed things down here. And Vegas has set the city of Las Vegas for maybe its biggest year of all time. With everything that's going to happen this upcoming year, this could be the biggest year in the history of Las Vegas when it comes to growth, the casino industry, the tourism industry, and sports with F1 and the Super Bowl going into next year. All the hype that is here, maybe a Stanley Cup parade. You never know. It's a big year. I'm very optimistic, and I hope you and your family have a great 2023. From my family to your family, I hope you have a great new year. A lot of weird things went on this past year. Everybody normally says that at the start of a new year. I hope it wasn't like last year. I don't look at it that way. You know, life goes up and down. There are moments in life, but overall, if you're healthy, if your family's together, if you got a job, if good things are happening, let's build on that and have a great year, especially on the flagship of the Raiders. And that was an interesting game yesterday. That was a very interesting and entertaining football game. If you're a season ticket holder, if you sold your tickets to a Niner fan, whoever came in there had a great time. That was a hell of a football game. But if you've been listening to me for 20 minutes or over 20 years, I'm not the guy for moral victories. That's not me. Maybe there are, and you can find a whole different potpourri of radio shows in town. I'm not the moral victory guy. I care about winning, winning, winning. That is it. I'm not into moral victories. I'm not into good losses. The NFL isn't NASCAR where you get points for coming in six. You get points if you lose. I'm not about any of that. I want to see the win. And the thing that aggravates me today is the Raiders should have won that game. It would have been gift-wrapped by Robbie Gold missing that kick in regulation. But once overtime began, once again in the Modelo Cantina Club, getting ready for the postgame show with our producer, Ray Brewer, and he and I are sitting on the other side of the curtain. We're standing in the lower bowl, and I'm looking at him, and I'm going, can you believe this? They could win this game. They just won the toss. Stidham's playing out of his mind. He's playing very well. And the Raiders started drive to go win the game because touchdowns were going up all over the place. So it wasn't like I didn't think this was going to be one of those Justin Herbert games where the Raiders kick a field goal and then, oh, my God, Herbert's going to come back to try to win it in overtime. I thought the Raiders go get the ball and go score. And it would have been the biggest win of the year. No debate. No debate. They would have beat the Niners who had the majority of fans there. They would have sent them home to the exits with the loss. And it was a significant potential loss for the Niners because they would have been stuck in the three seed because Minnesota lost to Green Bay and got embarrassed, and the Niners end up winning that game and get the two seed. So a lot was on the line in overtime, and the Raiders lost on a play where Nick Bosa threw Colt Miller into Stidham, and Bosa didn't have a good game. He didn't show up in the stat sheet. Did not show up 
on the stat sheet. He had some quarterback pressures, but tackling sacks and all of that, the defensive player of the year didn't play really well. And I thought the Raiders did a great job neutralizing him until great players make great plays when the game is on the line and the Raiders end up losing. We'll get to all the sound bites and highlights a little bit later on this hour. But what we do here on Monday, win or lose, is we talk about the game. And there's a lot of meat on the bone here. There's a tremendous amount to talk about with this game because fans want to have moral victories. And that's okay. You guys are fans. I'm a fan. I'm a season ticket holder. But what, what I do for a living and what, I, what my DNA is as a fan, as I open the show, I don't like moral victories. I don't, I don't like hearing we almost won and we're good, but we're not as good as them. But hey, kumbaya, we played well. But a lot of fans I talked to yesterday, a lot of them were into that topic. And when I woke up today and I opened up my phone, I had text messages from all over the country from friends. Oh, the Raiders almost won. Oh, my God, the Raiders played well. No Derek Carr, Stidham played great. But, 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 but what? But what? They were eliminated from the postseason. They have double-digit losses. And now the offseason conversations start with who's going to be the quarterback and could it be Jared Stidham? So let's begin with that because I think that's what the show should be like today. I think you would agree. The show should be pretty much all Jarrett Stidham and what you saw yesterday and what gives him an opportunity to start a campaign. It's like politics, to start your campaign with a big moment, which he had, he played well, so you could win the nomination, win the election, win the starting quarterback position with the Las Vegas Raiders. So I'll go first. The first thing I would say after yesterday is pump the freaking brakes. Pump the brakes on the quarterback of the future. Pump the brakes. Derek Carr was the quarterback of this team for nine seasons. It was a roller coaster ride. Some of the great highs and lows. And last week, everybody was brought through that. Highs and lows of Derek Carr. How he was treated. He's not in the building. How should he be treated? People wore their four jerseys to the game. Stidham came out and played exceptionally well. And if he won the game, it would be a signature win for him. But I tell you to pump the brakes because I got people who want Tom Brady. I got people who want Aaron Rodgers. I got people who want Jimmy G. And I got people that want the quarterbacks that are coming out, including C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, the quarterback from Alabama, who are exceptional players, exceptional young quarterbacks. And the Raiders have draft equity if they can get something for Carr. If they can get a first-round pick for Carr, which I doubt if it's a late first-round pick or a second, they can package that first-round pick and go get an elite, young, mobile quarterback who's playing at the highest level at the college level. So that's what we're dealing with today. If you believe that in one game, which was a loss, that Jared Stidham won the quarterback job for next year, you have lost your bleeping mind. You have lost your mind if you think Jarrett Stidham, who played excellent, has locked up anything. He's going to be here next year. He could be the starter. He could be the backup. He could be the starter as a bridge to the superstar young quarterback, and he could be the backup to Tom Brady. Did I cover everything? That's what's going to happen here. But I like Stidham for a couple of reasons. He did some things yesterday that I was able to see from my seats I was up in the press box at one point looking down with Lincoln Kennedy and Jason Horowitz, and I was talking to people about it on the post game. What he did is he was mobile. He understood the playbook. I thought the Josh McDaniels playbook looked easier for Jarrett Stidham than Derek Carr. It did. I don't know anybody who could argue that point. Even 
Derek's brother, David, who's going to stir the pot today on NFL Network. I don't know anybody on God's green earth who watched that game and said, you know something? Stidham really struggled with that playbook. Stidham was better than Carr in that playbook for a number of reasons. He had the playbook before Carr because he had it in New England, and he's there with Derek Carr all year long in practice. He played in the preseason. So it only took me one quarter to realize that this offense of Josh McDaniels, which is a proven offense, even for the anti-Josh McDaniel Raider fans who every time Josh McDaniel speaks wants to go on Twitter, put their name on it, and say something rude. Even those guys know the fact that this is an offense that has been tremendously successful. At the highest level, oh, Tom Brady, anybody could be successful with Tom Brady. Yeah, sure. Good luck with that. Josh McDaniels was. Six Super Bowl rings. Jarrett Stidham took the Brady offense and the car offense and matriculated the ball, as Hank Stram would say, down the field. But the key with yesterday, I thought, was his comfort in the pocket, his body language, the way he put his fist in the air on touchdowns, ran down the field to hug his teammates. I watched his body language behind the bench. I saw everything that he did yesterday, and I thought it was very good. And it's clear that he was comfortable. Josh McDaniels built him up to be ready for that moment. The moment wasn't too big. But what do you want? Want some roses? You want a box of chocolates? The other quarterback was a third-string quarterback, not a second-string quarterback like Jared Stidham. Purdy is a third-string quarterback behind Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and he played well and won the game. He can make every throw. So you had a second-string quarterback with the Las Vegas Raiders going up against the third-string quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, and the third-string quarterback of the 49ers won the game. So when you look back at this, I think a bigger conversation is can Brock Purdy remain the starter in San Francisco if Jimmy G, and I think Jimmy G will be gone, but Trey Lance, they gave up. How many picks did they give up for Trey Lance, and he was a top pick? So that's a conversation that I went away from saying, man, this is going to be an interesting topic this offseason. What's Kyle Shanahan going to do with Brock Purdy? Well, if he wins the Super Bowl, and they got a chance to go to the Super Bowl, they're the two seed now, Brock Purdy will have that job. That'll be his job, and they will blow the whole thing up, and that kid will never be benched again. But there's a lot that he has to do in the postseason. Uh, getting back to Jared Stidham, it just looked to me that he handled the play clock better. I didn't see the chaos I didn't see the chaos at the line of scrimmage. Check, 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 check. Coverage, check, check, check. Three, two, check at the playoff. I didn't see that with Stidham. I saw a guy getting the play, getting the ball in, getting to the line of scrimmage, and doing what your buddy JT always has said. Run the play that you ran all week in Henderson. And he did. And he had a really good game. It's unfortunate that one uh, interception was tipped at the line of scrimmage right up in the air. 99 times out of 100, that doesn't happen. That's one of the picks. And then the pick at the end of the game was really unfortunate with Colt Miller going into him. But they're two picks. I love his mobility. I love his mobility. The great Raider Mike, one of the great Raider fans of all time, sent me a text before the show. And we were talking about Stidham. And he talked about this guy. He said, a mobile quarterback to pick up those critical third and fives. And helped the run game tremendously. That's what he liked about it. And I agree. It's nice to know that on third and five, 
there's a quarterback here because Derek played at a very high level. Derek went to multiple Pro Bowls. But on a lot of third and fives, Derek throws the ball out of bounds. He does. He throws the ball out of bounds. I really didn't see that much with Stidham. Stidham tried to extend the play. On the touchdown to Devontae, he got blown up. In a league of concussions where guys are getting ravaged, Tua can't play anymore. I'll tell you, that Stidham stood in the pocket, took a monster hit. Hit Devontae for a touchdown, got right up. So for Jared Stidham yesterday, we saw a guy in complete command of the stadium. That was a hostile environment. You saw how many Niner fans there. Well, that was not an easy place to play for the home team yesterday. You saw him in full command of the playbook. You saw him make plays outside the pocket. You saw a willingness to be tough in the pocket, right? Tough in the pocket, take hits. And then you saw a guy try to extend plays, which the Raiders desperately need. And they didn't get that with Carr. Carr was, Carr was regressing when it came to extending plays. With Derek, if Derek, if the pocket was breaking down, Derek was either going to get sacked, he was going to throw it away, or he was going to check down. Jared Stidham was the opposite. The pocket was breaking down, and he just took off and tried to extend the play. <clears throat> and, they, and he was able to do that a few times. So I enjoyed that. I really did enjoy that. I'm disappointed that they lost the game. But I think the topic going into the offseason is going to be a massive topic that changed my mind yesterday before I interview the coach this Thursday. This could be the guy. This could be the guy that Josh McDaniels wants. He's in charge. He's the coordinator. He, he need, you know how many guys they need on defense? You know how many players they got to go get on defense? Anybody want to count? Want to start off at five? Or do you want to go to seven? How many players that they need on defense? If Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler don't have to burn their first pick overall high in the first round on a quarterback and Stidham can handle this playbook and play at that level, that's a real topic now. It's only one game. So as I told you about 10 minutes ago, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. I'm also going to tell you, this could be the guy that McDaniels brought from New England that he really wants and could open up this playbook and get him. This kid's a young kid. He's a young player. He hasn't had a chance. He had his first start. He looked pretty good. But a lot of times players look good in their first start. And then there's tape on them, and the next thing you know, they kind of get down to who they are. So I'm excited for Jared Stidham. I really am. I think he has. He put himself, and if he beats the Chiefs, Woo, if he beats the Chiefs, because if they play the way they played yesterday, they could beat Kansas City. But now they got to make real decisions about Josh Jacobs. Like, do you shut Josh Jacobs down because he's been banged up and the game's meaningless because the Raiders are out of the playoffs? Do you let Josh extend some of his records this year as he and Marcus Allen are in that elite company? What do you do? I don't know. I don't know what the mindset's going to be other than the fact that I listened to the head coach's press conference before this show. We'll play a few minutes of it later. And they're going to do the best to go out there and win. They're going to go do the best to go out there and win the game. And let me repeat this. That was the second worst game of the year for the 49ers. Number one defense. Number one rushing defense. So, of course, I'm sitting in my seats with my wife in the first quarter. And I look to my right, right on my shoulder. The seat right next to me, 49er fan. I go, hey, how you doing? Good. Small talk. And... uh How'd you get the tickets? Oh, I bought them today. Okay. All right. In my section. I got a pretty loyal section where I sit. And I'm sitting there talking to him. He's like, man, look at this Stidham. I go, look at your guy, Purdy. He's pretty good, too. And we started to discuss the future of the Niners, the Raiders, 
the Battle of the Bay, what's happened in the past. The kid had the best day of his life. He couldn't believe it. He was on edge the whole game. He kept telling me, I can't, I've never seen the defense play this poorly. I go, excuse me? He goes, yeah, I go to all the games. I'm a Niner fan. They haven't played this badly. Raiders are chewing them up. Raiders are chewing up the number one defense. That's encouraging. Niners needed the game. This wasn't the Eagles shutting players down. This isn't Jacksonville and Tennessee not playing the starters. The Niner Empire needed that game badly to go from the three seed to the two seed. And the Raiders carved up their defense the entire day. Bravo to Josh McDaniels for the playbook and the play calling and having the quarterback ready. You don't give the coach any credit for that. I do. I believe that the coach all year long had that kid Stidham ready to go. Had him in the meeting rooms, had him in practice, had him doing this. So in case Derek got hurt or something happened or he had to bench Derek at the end because of the contract, Josh McDaniels had a backup quarterback playing at that level. But you don't give him credit for any of that. You won't give him a nod, a tip of the cap. You won't give him nothing. And the guy yesterday had the backup quarterback ready to go. Devontae was a beast. Waller looks to be back. I think Renfro's a little bit off still. Where the hell is third Renfro? Where is it? There's only one football. Josh Jacobs is a beast. So the Raiders did a lot of good things yesterday. This team has no quit. This team doesn't quit. Not a third of the league. There's seven or eight teams in this league that are equal to the Raiders' record, a little bit worse, so the Raiders' record's a little bit worse, and they don't play at the level of the Raiders when it comes to intensity on game day. You won't give the coach any credit for that either. And I understand why. You don't care about anything other than wins and losses. So you won't give the coach credit for all of that. You won't. I do. I, have, I host the show. I have to do it. I have to be fair, and we have to talk about everything. That being said, this defense is borderline driving me nuts. This is the softest middle-of-the-field defense I have seen in my 24 years involved with this team. That safety Trayvon Merrick plays in the end zone when the other team's at their own 10. I've never seen a safety play 30 yards off the ball, 30 to 35 yards off the ball. Sometimes when he's in the box, okay. But the, the, the center fielder on the back end of this defense provides the other team the ability to just throw it over the middle, and there is nobody home. There is nobody there ever. Literally, every time the other team breaks the huddle, I look at this mass Bermuda triangle in the middle of the field that no one seems to care about. You got corners playing eight yards off the ball on third and five. You got a big Bermuda triangle hole in the middle of the field. The safety's too far away from the ball because they're just throwing it into that Bermuda triangle in the middle of the field. And you got Max Crosby getting triple team and held, and he's running back to the middle of the field to try to make a tackle. That's a problem. I don't know. I said it on the post-game show last night at the Modelo Cantina after the game. There's got to be coaches and personnel changing on defense. I'm not saying the defensive coordinator because Patrick Graham doesn't have the players. And the players aren't smart enough in this system for Patrick Graham. They're not. And, and, the, and the players last year, I thought, played better in the scheme with Gus Bradley. So I don't know what's going to happen to the coach and his staff, but there's got to be changes. There's no way this 30, 31st defense, what it is every year, can come back. You cannot bring this defense back. Uh, the year of the Super Bowl in Las Vegas and put that defense out on the field again. No, 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 no. Sorry. Pretty much, pretty much everybody's gone on that defense.
You got Max. Chandler Jones being shut down early could be a blessing in disguise because his offseason starts. Maybe his legs can get energized in the offseason. Uh, I look at the linebackers. No, thank you. Other than Denzel Perryman and maybe some practice squad guys in the secondary. Deron Harmon's played in a lot of big games. I'm interested in that topic. But everybody else, Rocky Asin's been hurt. He's supposed to be a number one for this team. I don't know. You might be able to get two corners backs in the offseason better than Rocky Asin to play this year. That's, I, you know, I got that here. I don't have any notes, but I have that. I had to bring up the defense. I am thrilled to talk about Jared Stidham for two hours today. I did last night on my Sirius XM show. Phones were packed on that game. That was a classic game. The question is, I just don't know where they're going. I don't know where they're going at the quarterback position, and neither do you. Phone lines are open after I can take a breath. Can I take a breath? 21 minutes of me. Now let's get a few minutes from you at 702-365-9200. What's the ceiling for Stidham? That's a fun radio topic. What's the ceiling for him? And what is your mind telling you? What is your mind telling you about the quarterback position in the offseason after seeing Stidham? I think that's really the only topic today. It's the elephant in the room. Who's going to be the quarterback now that Derek Carr's gone? He's either in the building, Jared Stidham, or he's outside the building or he's sitting in college right now taking some classes. I don't know what they're going to do. I would never complain about Tom Brady. If I ever complained about Tom Brady, someone should come in this studio with a, you know, one of those jackets and put me in one of those insane jackets and, and put me in a car and drive me somewhere out to Area 51. Tom Brady in Vegas for a year or two? That would break the internet. You want to talk about the biggest thing? They'd be saying, what's bigger, F1 or Tom Brady playing in Las Vegas? I don't know. Tom Brady felt really far-fetched back in the day. It doesn't feel that way now. And what about some other bridge quarterbacks? Or is it Jared Stidham's job to lose? 702-365-9200. Jared in Vegas, start us off on 920. What's happening? Hey, JT, thanks for the vine um, or the time. Um, I, I love your opening. I think you've nailed almost all of my, my thoughts and sentiments. Um, uh, first of all, I want to say it's not just lose, baby. So there is no moral victory. Yes. Entertaining game, fantastic game. It was, it was all of that. But for me, what it, comes, what it came down to, again, is we have a potent offense, a great offense, and when it came down to crunch time, something happened. Offensive lineman got blown up in the quarterback's face, causes an errant throw, and there goes the game. That's the same story that happened to Carr, regardless of how anybody may feel about him. That happened to Carr countless times. It happened to Stenham yesterday. You know what? Um, mm. we, we have work to do on the offensive line just as much as the defense. And that yeah. defense, JT, that defense was, was atrocious. It kept us in the game. But it's atrocious, and it's it's getting to the point where they're making Max look like he's regressing. Like 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 you said, he he may have had triple teams. Ah, uh, I you know what he did get a lot of triple teams. There was times where he got dominated by the tight ends. I saw I saw Kittle kind of dominate Max. I think he is worn down at this time of mm-hmm. the year. I don't think that there's something wrong with Max. I think he's worn down. But there is one thing that I would like to say about that is that um he hasn't found the ability to close he hasn't found that that khalil mack that that von miller that nick bosa ability to close 
And if we don't put something around him, he never will. He just won't find it, JT. And my last. Well, hold on. Let me stop. They tried. They brought in Chandler Jones. Uh, yeah, future Hall of Famer who's got bigger stats just, than anybody. They tried to they tried to bring someone to alleviate the coverage of match. You're aware of that? Well, he's 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 in a wheelchair, JT. We, we mm. he's he's done. He's at the end of his career. He's done. We need that money. We don't need Chandler Jones. We need the money that he represents. That's a huge cap. That's a huge number. Mm. He just doesn't have it anymore. He just doesn't yeah. have it. We could have had anybody out there to hold up that side of the line. He's not getting it done, period. Like I said, it's not just lose, baby. It's just win. He didn't get it done, period. Mm. And you know what got done yesterday? A red wave. That was embarrassing. Mm. That's my last sentiment. It was embarrassing. You all sold all your tickets to the red wave. Congratulations. You made us look bullish on TV. Yeah, I wasn't. I, I was leaning on that all week and, and taking the high road on that topic again. I sit in my seats. I sit in my seats. I'm not here. To t- I can't go. I can't go around with some type of school badge on me, being the seat reporter, and telling you, "Can I see who you sold your tickets to?" I'm done. I'm done on that. Uh, you know, everybody wants to come here and see this stadium. It's gorgeous. Everybody loved it. Niner fans were there in full force. We knew that when the schedule came out. And next year, when the schedule comes out, there'll be teams that have not played in Las Vegas, and they're going to try to do the same thing. But I think the Niners set the record. It looked like to me for most opposing fans and. Again, hopefully that changes down the road when there are season ticket holders who say, you know, I could pay for half my season in one game, and they try to do that with the Niner game. And that was unfortunate yesterday, but the Raiders could have won the game. And I, you know, I was talking about that as we started the show. I've been in there. Raiders have won a lot of games at home, good games, you know, against New Orleans, no fans. Baltimore, the Monday night opener. You know, you see fans of other teams. The Chargers don't have many fans. But when those fans leave their seats and they lose, like the Patriot fans on that crazy play on the lateral, I enjoy watching fans leave when they lose. And I'll tell you, we were damn close to sending the Niners home with the loss. Stidham had the ball on his own 40, not playing for a field goal for a victory. There are a lot of Niner fans looking around after watching Stidham play that entire game. And we're like, we're in trouble. We might not get the ball back. We might not get the ball back and we could lose this game. And it would have been a gut punch. For the Niners, and I wish it happened because the Niner players were acting like fools in the end zone. After every play, they just went to the Winfield Club and doing gymnastics in the end zone and getting the crowd going because they saw how many fans were there. They were doing that, and you have to stop them from doing that. And believe me, the post-game show would have led off with me annihilating the Niners if they lost because of their behavior of just showing up and flexing the whole game if they lost. They didn't lose. They won the game. I tip my cap. That's a really good roster, a good team. But the Raiders gave them everything they could give them and put up one hell of a fight. 702-365-9200 if you want to get in. Uh, reading tweets at JT the Brick. if you want to get into that. A lot of bowl games going on today. Tonight we have the greatest Monday night football matchup since Howard Cosell kicked it off in Cleveland with Joe Namath. The highest winning percentage in the history of Monday night football. No two teams have ever played on Monday night with this many wins this late in the season. Buffalo at Cincinnati. That's going to be one heck of a game in the AFC for Buffalo to either secure the one seed or they go from the one to the three. And Kansas City could get the one seed. It's Chiefs week. We got a lot of coverage for the Chiefs, and we'll kick into that. But welcome into the aftermath. We want your opinion on the game yesterday. How'd you see it? And what do you think of the quarterback, Jared Stidham, going forward? Hopefully we can get him on the radio pretty soon here, congratulate him for the effort, and maybe he can end the season by beating the Kansas City Chiefs. The monologue, 
brought to you by PTs. Always voted easily the best happy hour in town. Half off whatever you drink. 5 to 7, midnight to 2 a.m., 64-plus locations here in the Valley. They also own the Strat, where there's a lot of entertainment coming up at the Strat this year. A lot of rock and roll, entertainment, and a good time for all. Happy New Year to everyone at Golden Entertainment. You know, there was a lot of points in the game where it's like, man, you don't know where you're at. Are you home? Are you away? But um, overall, man, the Niners, you know, travel, I think, better than anyone in the NFL. It's crazy. Even, you know, we were in Carolina um, a couple months ago, things like that. Like, they travel, and we're very thankful for them. So, um, but at the same time, you know, props to the Raiders, too. They they made it pretty hostile at the end. You could feel it, feel their energy. And and, um, so I thought it was was a great game overall. Both fan bases were in it, but... uh, I mean, you got to love the Niner, the Niner fan base. So, It's Brock Purdy. He comes out the winning quarterback. JT, back with you. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you, and we appreciate the DeCastaverde Law Group. That's our personal injury attorneys here for Raider Nation Radio. Alex DeCastaverde, season ticket holder for the Silver and Black. Their family, La Familia, will do what it takes to take care of you. They take every case right to the end aggressively the type of dependable legal representation that you need. Again, their family-run law firm, the DeCastaverde Law Group, will help you put their number and get excited. God forbid you get in an accident, you need people you can trust. Come through Raider Nation Radio, 702-222-9999. The DeCastaverde Law Group, proud partners of our show, 702-222-9999. Put it in your phone just in case you never know when you're going to need it. We are evaluating Jared Stidham, who played very well, really showed up and did everything he's supposed to do. Master of the playbook, uh, really good outside the pocket, made some big throws, took some big hits. Everything that he did yesterday puts him in play for next year. 23 years ago today, one of the great Raider victories as they beat Kansas City 41-38. to I just got a text from a longtime friend on that game. That was a franchise game-changing win for the Raiders. Remember that at the end of the year and what it did for the Raiders to propel them into an opportunity to be a Super Bowl contender. I bring that up for a reason. Kansas City, really important game coming up Saturday as the game was flexed to Saturday. And that game could give the Raiders some much-needed momentum, especially with the five losses, double-digit leads in the second half. I think they need something big going into the offseason. A win against Kansas City would be great. Most people are not going to pick them to win that game. And we know the Raiders play hard. Just keep playing at the level you played against the 49ers. And I think Raider fans will be really excited going into the offseason after all the disappointments. It was a gut punch season. We all know that. Hardcore Raider, you're up next. Thanks for waiting. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, JT. Hey, you know, we, we've all been waiting for this, like, offense to have all of our weapons together and to click on all cylinders, you know. I felt like we definitely seen that yesterday. A lot of different uh, people, you know, were, uh, you know, just really balling out. Uh, Jarrett Stidham just had uh, uh, the game of his life against the best defense in the NFL. He had 365 yards. You got to go all the – not only did he have a better year than Derek Carr, and I do know that Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro was hurt, so it's not a fair evaluation – 
But Derek Carr didn't have a game like that at all this year. You got to go all the way back last year against the Cowboys to week 12. So about a year and a half before Derek Carr had a game comparable to what uh, we just seen. So there's a lot of foundational pieces to build on, including Devontae Adams, who had his second best game of the year. And Devontae Adams just broke Tim Brown's record. And Tim Brown was one of my favorite players, if not my favorite player growing up, you know. And then Josh Jacobs, he still holds the rushing title. He's ahead by 160 yards. If he if he gets at least, say, 50 yards this mm-hmm. game, he's going to hold that title. I don't think anybody can catch him. But if he's benched or if he doesn't play, that's a different subject. Uh, there's a chance that he might be able to get passed. And Josh Jacobs is uh, 98 yards away from passing uh, Napoleon Kaufman for all-time purpose yards as a Raider and uh, 221 yards from passing uh, the Marcus. most you know, uh, rushing yards in a season, and that would be uh, up against Marcus Allen. So he's probably not going to pass Marcus Allen, but he could potentially pass Napoleon Kaufman for all-time uh, Raider rushing leaders. And Devontae Adams, that record he broke, he, he did that in a 16-game season, not a 17-game season. So that just shows the kind of character uh, you know these guys are, and we have a lot of building blocks to build off of. I've said for you know pretty much all year that I just felt like you know paying a quarterback that kind of money that we were going to pay Carr we, there's just too many holes on the defense. We need that money to use on our defense, maybe offensive linemen. If we can get a quarterback, whether it's Stidham or someone else, around 20, 25 mil, uh, that's going to help us and the future of this franchise, especially with the Super Bowl coming in Vegas next year. Hopefully you have a great 2023. Too. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm really into that topic on the Super Bowl coming here and how quick the Patriots turned around and built their dynasty off a bad season and the following year won the Super Bowl. Do I think the Raiders are a Super Bowl contender next year? No. But if they have a big off season and they get a couple of big decisions right, we know they should have won 10 games already. They should be going on 11 wins if they could compete against Kansas City. I don't know what the score is going to be. But, you know, the five games that they lost in the second half with double-digit leads, give them three out of the five, and they got nine. And then other games, come on. I mean, they, they played two overtime games. Fans talk about that. The way they beat the Patriots was kind of a miracle on the lateral play. We just know that the Raiders are better than their record, and that's going to be an important topic off season. Hopefully the team's better than their record. I think we all agree on that. they got to get better with their coaching, and they got to learn how to close out teams. They did not know how to close. That's for sure. No one will argue that point. This team needs closers next year who can take leads and put games away, and I think they'll go find them. Uh, Joe in Vegas. Thanks for holding, Joe. Go ahead. Appreciate you. Hey, JT, as I got no voice left from yesterday, mm-hmm. but as a season ticket holder, we got good games every game. Mm-hmm. We were in them. Our defense stinks. We know that, but at least we were, we got our ticket value was good. We got what we what we paid for. Some of the wins we didn't get. My thing is the team moving forward. I think we got a good head coach. He's showing that he's making tough decisions. And we just got to believe in it. Last week, I was emotional about the car thing, but we have to keep looking forward. My problem is the disappointment in this fan base here. That was embarrassing yesterday, seeing all those 49er fans. I know they travel well and stuff, but these people in this town that have those tickets, a lot of them are in are, are into it for the money. Mm-hmm. Yep. In my yep. section, JT, there's only three people that I can see that come to every game. Me, another older gentleman, my wife, mm-hmm. and the people that sit next to us, they share the tickets, and they're always there. Everywhere else, I, I make sure I look every game, and everybody is different. People should be ashamed of themselves that they bought these season tickets just to make money because it's Vegas, and it's all about it's all about money here. It's just a shame that we can't 
But the freighter fans that were there yesterday with that many 49er fans, we were loud, okay? Mm -hmm. And we had to deal with a lot of drunken 49er fans yesterday, you know what I mean? So it was a good time. But, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, we got to do better on not selling our tickets. That's Great all with you, Joe. Saying. Thanks, Joe. I agree with that, too. Again, that's a topic that, you know, it's happened with the Golden Knights with tickets in the beginning. People buy them. Brokers buy them. People buy tickets as an investment. They want to make money. They want to make a lot of money on one game to justify paying the money that they have for the tickets. It's an expensive ticket. That's why. Yeah, Joe Satriani, one of my all-time favorite guitar players, all-time on the anthem. That was brilliant, by the way. It was right down there on the field for that Joe Satriani got a cool picture with CC Sabathia. He lit the torch. Uh, CC has been listening to this show for a long time. Really appreciated his kind words and meeting his sons yesterday. Then too short and Ice Cube was fantastic. And Niner fans loved that because that was all Bay Area. It's an expensive ticket. It's a lot of entertainment and a really good football game. You just want the Raiders to win these games, and they play hard at home. And that's what I evaluate the Raiders most on is effort. Is effort and how they play. Yeah, there are going to be games where they blow leads. There's going to be walk-off field goal wins. There's going to be overtime losses, all of that. But I can come in today and tell you with Bobby as we run the show, the first thing we said is the Raiders play hard. And that's something that needs to be acknowledged because everybody has so much anger now in them and are so upset with these losses. I take away some good things this season. The good things that I want to take away is hopefully a good finish by Jarrett Stidham. You know, Pro Bowl punter, a great kicker, Max Crosby, the play of several other players, Josh Jacobs. In the history of this franchise, we have two performances in the history of this franchise. Devontae breaking Tim Brown's record, and it could have been more. Devontae, or a few games, Devontae didn't get targets, didn't get the ball. Imagine if he did and had monster games. And I'll get to the highlights coming up next hour. The one catch Devontae made spread out, and they reviewed it, and he held on to that ball. It's one of the greatest catches I've ever seen, all time. Like a Lynn Swan moment. I know Raider fans don't like Lynn Swan, but he had some dramatic catches. I thought he was just locked in and a beast. And I thought he was going to win the game. On the play that pushed Colt Miller back into Stidham on the final interception, Devontae was free. Devontae was over the top, and the ball was coming his way. That could have been a walk-off game-winning touchdown right there if you look at the tape. Lou's in Anaheim. Appreciate you listening on the app, Lou. What's happening? Thank you so much. Enjoy your show. Been listening to it for for a long time. Appreciate uh, two points I wanted to make uh, that game in Pittsburgh when we fell behind. I told my son who was right next to me watching the game. I said Clark and not bring him back. He doesn't. He's not that kind of quarterback anymore. And sure enough, they lost that game. And then I caught the uh, Ohio State game the other day. I don't watch too many bowl games, but I really like that quarterback uh, for Ohio State. What are the odds of us drafting or moving up to draft someone like that? Uh, to trade up to get one of these quarterbacks, you're asking me? Ohio State. The kid from yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, he's, he's tremendous. Look, the Raiders have a high top eight draft pick. So the Raiders do have a high draft pick coming in the first round because of their record. We all know that. So that's coming. And then I think the Raiders could trade up to get him. The whole thing about Dave Ziegler here is I don't know, you know, what Dave wants to do because Dave has so many holes that he has to go fix. And this is what the Raiders do. Uh, The Patriots did this. They want to get value. They want players, and thanks for the call. They want players who are going to play into their role. Like a Dylan Parham is a good example. Look at Dylan Parham, third-round pick, how much he played this year. Okay, now they want to develop him to being a better player than where he was drafted. And I think that's what Dave's philosophy is, is to get value at each position. Don't overextend. 
Don't trade up a lot unless it's right there. And the quarterback from Alabama and Ohio State, I think, are that important where you can burn a first-round pick or two picks on him to move up. If you've got to move up from seven or eight in the draft to get to top two, because you'll take C.J. Stroud, and you'll look at this and say, hey, this is where we're going to get him, I'm all for that. I think the Raiders need a franchise, franchise mobile quarterback where the sport is going, who's fast outside the pocket and can change the game. I do. I think the timing is right on that. The only other problem is the Raiders' defense has got to get out of this funk of being a team that's ranked in the 30s. They have to get out of that, and they need more players, and they don't have enough players now. I don't know how much draft equity that's going to cost. I want to see a middle linebacker. I want to see a 24-year-old middle linebacker who's going to play for the team eight or nine years and go to four or five Pro Bowls. I want to see a starting cornerback who's a real shutdown cornerback who just shuts down a third of the field. I want to see a safety who can grab the football and catch it and jump up in the box and destroy people like Jack Tatum did. Got to get more offensive linemen. We know that. You can't come back with a luminor at right tackle. You got to get a right tackle who can play at a star level to go along with Colton Miller. And I, I wanted to get this in too. Again, none of this is personal. It's just my opinion. I think that Nate Hobbs has regressed. I, I'm watching Nate Hobbs in the Pittsburgh game and this game get beat a lot. Now, we could say he was injured and that affected his season and came back, but Nate Hobbs doesn't look right to me. I don't know if he's playing uh, with an injury or what he is, but Nate Hobbs is getting beat a lot. And that's a guy who's got to get better because we were planning on him being better. And he's got to be a guy that the Raiders count on and maybe the coaches can coach him up. The scheme on defense... The scheme on defense is mind-blowing to me. I never know what they're trying to do on defense. I just think they're trying to not get burned deep. That's all they're doing is they're trying to keep everybody in front of them. And when you do that and you have linebackers that can't cover, it's just so easy to throw over the linebackers because there's no safeties there. The safeties are 25 yards deep, 30 yards deep. The hole over the linebackers, I've never seen it this bad. And maybe i got to look at the tape differently and interview more people on this, talk to Eric Allen about it. But Eric and I talk about it all the time. Cannot believe that the defense is that soft at times. Other times they're playing aggressive. And I just don't think that Patrick Graham is confident enough that this roster could play at his speed. And that's something I heard from the time he got here. He needs the players who can play to his scheme. I don't think we have them here. Avant Raider in L.A., if I got that right. Go ahead. Thanks for calling. You did, Jason. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm alarmed. I'm less positive. I see Raider Nation rejoicing in participation trophies. Um, the definition of insanity is remaining this, you know, repeating the same thing and getting the same results. We blow a two-digit lead. Uh, we saw our, our QB lose it with a turnover. It wasn't Carr. Uh, Fidham did well because of the, his background with McDaniels, but, uh, I think that they just played with no passion all year, and I think that's on the coach. Well, yeah, I think the coach has been very accountable for this, and he's taken on all the blame. When he sits up in front, we have his press conference next hour. I, I think the coach has got to do a better job. The assistant coaches need to do a better job. They'll all admit that. And, again, I think that these are not their players that they're planning on being here, all of them, for next year. And they're not making excuses. If they all made excuses, I'd come on the radio and tell you guys, I don't know what to tell you. They don't think it's on them. They don't think it's on the players. I think they realize – that they've blown all these leads, they want to fix that, and they want to get the type of players in the building who will be more buttoned up and smarter.
to hold on to leads and not have pre-snap penalties. I mean, how many times have we talked this year right. about first and 10 and now it's first and 20 because someone jumps off sides and all yeah. that? And, and it hasn't been corrected to the liking, to my liking at all. And I know that's got to get cleaned up in the offseason, too. Thanks, JT. Thank they you. were a 10 and 17. Yeah, they were a 10 and 17. Look, I thought I, I Rich Passaccia did a nice job. You know my history with Coach Gruden and the job that they've done. All these coaches are really good. I always thought they're all good. Some of them have bad luck. Some of them make mistakes and blow games. Others don't have the players. I could sit here for hours making excuses and talking about the team. I just have a feeling when Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels came in the building to redo this whole scouting department to get it to where they wanted to be, they looked at most of the roster and said, okay, this is a playoff team from last year. This isn't a playoff roster. But you think it should be a 12-win team because they went to the playoffs last year. It doesn't work that way. It does not work that way. Something, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl two years ago. Most of those players are back. They're at 500. They might end up the season in the playoffs under 500. Things change. This team was probably last year they had to win four in a row. They were able to do it with a lot of heart. Also, some of the teams, especially Cleveland, basically, you know, Raiders got a little bit of help last year. But they played great down the stretch. They played together. I see this team playing together. I just don't see him getting the breaks. So Rich Basaccia could always say that he had this team to the playoffs, and he should. I thought he did an excellent job in the situation he was put in. John Gruden could say, hey, I had a playoff team and a team I think could have went to multiple Super Bowls over the years until the emails took him out. And Josh McDaniels, I think, is looking at this team saying, yeah, if we didn't blow these second-half leads, we're a 9- or 10-win team just as the team was last year, and I think I could win some playoff games. Not going to happen this year. They missed the playoffs. They're eliminated. They're eliminated. They've missed the playoffs, and that is, that is that's tough. That's tough for this fan base to stomach. And we had a caller this segment talked about how entertaining the games are. They are. It's more entertaining for me when I'm talking about a victory for an hour and 20 minutes after the game, not talking about a loss and why. And we got one more game. It's going to be on Saturday, and hopefully everybody comes out early. Tailgates has a great tailgate. Thank everybody at Allegiant Stadium. I talked to a lady last night who said how great the fans were, both the Niners and the Raider fans. It wasn't chaos. It was a good time. A lot of people had a fun time. A lot of people were walking around a little bit slow coming in from New Year's Eve. We'll get to that. And Harry Ruiz joins us at the top of the hour when we come back. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's. There's been a nonstop Grimaldi's train in my house this month as my sons are home from college. When are they going back to college? I should know that, shouldn't I? I'm writing those checks. Feels like they're never going to leave. I'm happy they're home. I love my sons. They'll be with me at the final game at the Torch. They're excited to go see the Raiders play on Saturday. That'll be a 1.30 start.